to the Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast, where it is our mission to enable leaders to effectively engage and motivate their audience through written and verbal communication. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Get Heard podcast. Awesome, awesome guest this week, Jordan Syatt. He's all over Instagram, YouTube, with his straightforward, bottom line, upfront, no excuse fitness coaching. And Today, I have him on the show to talk about confidence. What is confidence? What does confidence mean to him? And he was awesome enough to share some stories about how he gained confidence throughout the years through middle school, high school, and up to today. So, hope you enjoy this week's episode. Here it is with Jordan Syatt. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is the founder of Syatt Fitness. He's a five times world record power lifter and a little competition with me. He's a 27th degree black belt at chugging coffee. I don't know. I'm I'm going between 26 and 28 on most days. So Jordan Syed, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm uh, preparing for my next uh, black belt, my next level black belt. It's been a tough and rigorous training schedule, but uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get the next level. Good. I mean, you're in, you're in stiff competition. I mean, what are you what are you drinking these days to stay sane, coffee wise? Uh, I have actually, I, I no longer drink it. I just chew the beans. That's where, where I'm at right now. I get that, a much more direct influx of the caffeine. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> more effective, man. Hey, I'm not going to knock it. I should probably get on your level there. But uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And today's theme, I wanted to talk about confidence. And you know, the mission for what you do is to give people the knowledge and confidence to incorporate the best possible training and nutrition into people's lifestyle. So coming from a leadership perspective, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about some things relating to confidence. So before we get started here, Jordan, like what is confidence to you? What does confidence mean to you? Man, that's a great question. And no one has ever asked me that, which uh, it's not a usual occurrence. I do a lot of, I've done like three today. So I do a lot of podcasts and I, no one's ever asked me that. So off the top of my head, if I had to say what confidence is, I think confidence is being comfortable owning everything about you and that includes your your faults your insecurities um it's being comfortable in expressing it i I think uh for example we could use like any insecurity i think a a lot of people they'll mask their insecurities by putting on a, a false bravado and they'll they'll pretend their insecurities aren't there and oftentimes try and make up for them in in different ways and i think what's truly confident is when someone can openly express where they're insecure, why they're insecure, uh, where they can do better, where they can work harder, where their their shortcomings are. It's not just about being tough and being able to uh, look someone in the eye and be be courageous. I think courageous and confidence are two different things, and they're often intertwined. But confidence is really being able to express who you are in both the positive and the the shortcomings. That's a great definition. I, uh, I shoot, I couldn't agree more, man. And I can tell you just from the last, I don't know, five years, it's been a journey in fitness and nutrition and health for me. And I can tell you, I was very unconfident when I was about 20, 25 pounds heavier and just kind of, you know, had that, that, that was like my thing. That was my insecurity. So for me personally, fitness, nutrition, working out has really helped me be able to, I guess my definition will be looking in the mirror, seeing your flaws, your imperfections and being happy about it. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. 
So what are some ways, if you're willing to share any stories, that would be great, but what are some ways that we can build confidence or maybe how have you built confidence over the years going through, you know, teens into your twenties and, you know, becoming a real adult? I mean, I love, I love these questions because I, I've literally never been asked them and sort of the, the first things going through my mind here are stories of, from my past that in which I can see where I might've not been confident and how I became more yeah. So, uh, growing up, I was, I'm, I'm a very small dude. I'm very short. I'm five foot four on a good day. Um, I'm not a big guy. I, I, but when I was growing up, you know, being a smaller kid in school, there are a lot of kids who are going to try and pick on you. I think one of the best things my mom ever had, both my brother and I do is she, she got us into wrestling. Uh, and I was very lucky from the perspective of very extroverted and, and fun and outgoing and athletic. Uh, my brother was not as lucky. He was not really as athletic. He didn't have as many friends and he got picked on a lot. So my mom wanted us both to do wrestling. And I remember I was eight years old when she suggested it and I had never, the only wrestling I knew was WWE. So I remember just being like, you want me to hit someone with a chair? And she was like, no, you idiot, like Olympic style wrestling. And, um, and I became obsessed with it. And that's all I did. It's what I focused on from eight years old all the, way through, all the way through the end of high school. It's what I did. And there's something about being able to defend yourself and take care of yourself in any situation that automatically gives you a certain level of confidence that I think uh, is, is hard to find in other areas of life. Uh, I think it's it's one of the best things you can do is learn to defend yourself physically um, and so that you can protect yourself, protect your family. Uh, and I think that ever since that and getting involved in jujitsu and getting involved in boxing, getting involved in Krav Maga, all, all the things I've done over the years has helped me a lot in being able to express myself and who I am confidently knowing that I can also defend myself. I think that's that's one of the major ones. And something completely separate from that, obviously my my uh, a large part of my business stems from social media, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And if, if you go back and look at my first YouTube videos from 2012, 2013, you're going to see a very different young man, you're going to see a very nervous, very anxious person on camera, red in the face, not very confident in the way I spoke, uh, sort of fidgeting side to side because the camera made me very nervous. Um, and one of the most common questions I get asked nowadays, especially from other coaches and people on social media is how did you get confident on camera? And it really just came down to putting in the reps and doing more and more and more and more and more videos. And you can sort of watch the progression on YouTube from 2012 all the way till now, 2020. And uh, I think confidence is something that is built through practice, through putting yourself in situations that are very uncomfortable, in situations that oftentimes you'd rather not put yourself in. And uh, through the, the trial and error and practice and hardship of failing and doing poorly, you eventually get better and more confident. That, that's a that's a hell of an analogy. So, I mean, it's just like training for anything else, whether you're training for a sport, training for wrestling, Krav Maga, anything else, putting yourself in the uncomfortable situation. Maybe you're going into a bout with someone who's a little bigger than you or more experienced than you, but you know, coming out of that, putting yourself in that uncomfortable spot with that person, you're probably going to get some good training out of it and be better on the back end for it. it that's exactly right. It, it's one of the things where, one of, one of the greatest lessons that I've learned over, especially over the last few years, but when I look back over my life, I've experienced it a lot, is anytime I'm nervous about doing something, I always ask myself, what is the worst that happens? Like, what is the literal worst case scenario? And when I'm very honest and objective about it, 
it's never really as bad as the emotional side of me might make it out to be. The emotional side of us often makes us makes these big problems out of nothing and sort of creates this this false reality of what will happen when the worst that happens really isn't that bad. And I go back to all aspects of my life. I remember one match in particular when I was I made varsity as a freshman. I was lucky. I wrestled from eight years old until the end of high school. I beat a junior out for the varsity spot, but as a freshman cutting from 112 to 103 pounds, and I was mainly uh, wrestling against juniors and seniors, I was tiny. I did not have anywhere near as much strength or size as these other uh, wrestlers. And I, I vividly remember this one kid that I went up against in, a, in an all-day tournament. We got to the finals. And this kid was huge. Like he must have been cutting from like a hundred. Obviously, like thinking about this, the weights now, they they think they seem tiny, but he must have been cutting from 100, 125 to 103 pounds. He was just a huge, huge 103 pounder. And um, I, I will never forget that kid picking me up literally over his head and slamming me on the ground. And uh, I got a concussion. I got I got super hurt. But looking back, I remember walking into that match. I was walking in just super scared and super worried because I was like, this kid is going to kill me. And uh, it's one of those things where once you face something like that, once you, and it doesn't just have to be an actual, another individual, it could be a camera, it could be anything. Once you face something that is scary as hell to you, once you've done it, you it's no longer foreign to you. It's no longer something you've never tried before. And their confidence will come from simply having done it and tried it. Yeah, so every rep you do of that uncomfortable, sometimes shitty thing, you the experiences you make, you you know with more certainty what can happen from you doing the rep. So again, you that makes you more comfortable, I guess you could say, because the likeliness of you knowing what is going to happen increases. Yeah, exactly. And you've already been through it. It's it's one of they talk about this in athletics all the time. You see for like Tom Brady, how many Super Bowls has he been in or Michael Jordan, how many how many championships has he been in where it's like the first time you're in one, and even the second time maybe you're, you're super nervous and like you get worried and the pressure gets to you. But once you've been in that situation over and over and over again, or you look at like Floyd Mayweather and boxing, it's just like you can watch these elite athletes who've been in these these situations so many times, it just becomes their norm. And uh, I think we can do this in all aspects of life. It's something that we can all learn from watching an elite athlete or even an elite performer, high-level performers, high-level artists, whatever it is, we can learn from that and, and we can see that no no one has ever stepped out on stage in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people on national television, international television, and just been comfortable, especially not the first time. But the more they do it, the more comfortable they get. And you can apply this to every area of your life. Like literally when I first went to jujitsu, I was petrified, even though I had a back, I had 10 years of wrestling in my back pocket. And I, I, I know how to grapple going to my first jujitsu class. I was super, super scared. But what comes from not doing something just because you're scared? What ends up happening is you build more fear. You build more anxiety. What comes from doing something that you're scared of is confidence. Definitely. Yeah, it does. That's, it's putting yourself in uncomfortable positions makes you grow as a human being and makes you more confident, man. I couldn't agree more. Yep. Going more so to the why for confidence. Like why as leaders do we need to be confident about ourselves, about our decisions? Like why... What are some, I guess, repercussions if a leader is not confident and, and why as leaders should we be confident in front of the people we're leading? I mean, if, if a leader isn't confident, then there's no way for the people they're leading to be confident in the decisions they're making. Uh, that's number one. And if you look at just 
what a leader has to do, whether it's, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll give you an example in which it's very difficult for me right now in this moment. I, I own a business, I have several businesses, I have employees. Um, and right now, in, in, during this pandemic, obviously, the, the economy is tanked, and things are hurting for sure. But I'm very aware of when I'm speaking with my employees, that I cannot sound uncertain with what's going to happen, or at least what we are going to do. There, there has to be a certain level of confidence in our mission and what we're trying to accomplish and a, and a certain level of consistency. And I'm, I'm in no way an expert, nor am I a, uh, a, I don't, nor do I consider myself an exemplary business owner or someone who is just tremendously successful. I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm very aware of how I speak to and around my employees, especially in a time like this, because if I let something like this allow me to shake me and and change our ethics or morals or our actions radically, then that will shake the entire foundation of the business and everyone within it, both the employees and those we serve. So I think as a leader, you have to be strong and you have to be confident and understanding. Stick with your guns, stick with your morals, stick with your ethics, and be confident in the direction you're going and in your mission, regardless of what's going on around you. Uh, that's good points, and I think right now is a, is a great example with all the uncertainty in the world, but being as confident as you can in your business for your team, for your employees, with you know, there's with the knowns that are out there. Granted, there's not a lot of them right now, but I like how you said it, not sacrificing your morals or ethics. And, you know, staying true to who you are, being confident, self-confident and who you are as a person. I, I think we have to do that. And the example that I that I use right now is with the economy tanking and, and so many businesses being devastated in, in many ways. I see a lot of people both in the fitness industry, in which I am, and also in other industries, their their panic mode response is sell, sell, sell. They're trying to sell new products, sell new programs, get more money. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with selling. I, I'm a business owner. I get it. But when you're allowing your, your emotions to dictate your actions, that's what I'm seeing. And I see a lot of business owners and a lot of people who are, who are trying to essentially, through a, a panic response, sell, sell, sell. And that's just, it's the worst time to do it. And also the worst situation, worst response to do it. And you should never be selling from a place of fear. You should always be selling from a place of confidence, knowing that what you're doing is going to be helping people and what you're, what you're providing is a great service and a great product. When you're doing it out of fear to make money, that does not look good, nor does it feel good. So for me, is what the conversations I've been having with my team have basically been around, we are not going to sell right now. Right now, what we're going to do is what we do best, which is help people for free as much as we possibly can. We're going to send out free workouts every single day. We're going to bring people into the inner circle. We're going to give, we, we raised thousands of dollars in donations so that people can join the inner circle for free. We, uh, we are doing everything in our power now to give people what they need for free, even though in the short term, it's 1000% going to hurt the bottom line of the business, but also knowing that is still what we stand for morally, ethically. And when it's all said and done, it will benefit everybody. Yeah. And as a business owner, like the two things that I've heard and from my business classes is provide value and build trust. And still in these economic times that are very uncertain right now, I think you guys are headed, you know, you're staying in that direction, providing value to your customers, even though if it's for free right now, it might hurt the bottom line. You know that the trust that you're building by doing that right now is going to benefit you guys 
down in the in the long run you're playing the long game and you know eventually the, the economy is going to build back up and then you'll have all that trust that you kind of built in this time right now that's exactly right so we talked about confidence kind of how to be confident some things we can do i want to ask you where where is the fine line of people getting kind of overconfident you know what what separate someone from being confident to maybe being arrogant, cocky, overconfident, in your opinion? When I think of confidence and sort of the distinction I made earlier, confidence is being aware of your shortcomings. It's being aware of the the things you're very good at and the things that you need to improve on. I think arrogance and overconfidence, I think overconfidence is simply not being confident. I think overconfidence is, uh, is being unaware. You, you, you have lost your sense of self-awareness. You are overestimating what you're good at. Uh, I think arrogance and overconfidence are, are two different things. I think uh, I don't know the, the the literal verbatim definition of arrogance, but I think oftentimes arrogance comes from a overperceived sense of self. It comes from a overvalued sense of self, and oftentimes less of a. It actually, I think it's less about how good you are and oftentimes how poorly you think of others and those around you is how I think arrogance tends to uh, manifest itself. It's oftentimes, because I think a lot of those who, of those people who are arrogant are oftentimes most of the most, the most insecure of all of us. People who are very arrogant are insecure. And, but interestingly, they look down on it. The most arrogant people that I've met and I know have nothing good to say about anybody. It's always, well, they're stupid or they're mean or they're whatever, they're pretentious. And it's like, where where are you getting all this? Like, why do you think everyone else is so bad? And it's not even that they think that they're so good. It's just that everyone else is just worse. And uh, I think being overconfident is, is a lack of self-awareness and lack of understanding where others might be able to... Uh, where others might be able to help improve the areas in which you aren't uh, as good at yet, or maybe never will be, which I think uh, having worked for, for Gary Vaynerchuk for three years, I think he's one of the one he's, he's the single best delegator I've ever met in my entire life. He's tremendously good at finding people who are better than him in other areas and delegating them to do those jobs so that he doesn't have to because he knows exactly where he's great and he knows exactly where he sucks. And so by finding people that are very good in the areas in which he sucks, he can then only focus on what he's really good at. So knowing what you're good at and knowing what you suck at and then getting others around you who can, I guess, counter the things that you're bad at and and delegating to him, that sounds like the hell of a combination. That's exactly right. Are you just out of curiosity in your business? Are you able to do those kinds of things where you can say, Hey, maybe I suck at video editing. And then you got like, maybe have a video editor. Maybe that's a poor example or anything along those lines. It's not a poor example at all. It's a great example. And, and I have gotten significantly better over the last, we'll call it three years. And each year I've gotten way better. I'll give you an example. I mean, I was terrible at that for the vast majority of my career, mainly because when you start a business, it's your baby. And when you grow a business, as you're like when you're the sole owner and operator of the business and you grow it, it's everything to you. And and entrusting jobs to other people can be very, very scary. Cause you know, you know in your heart that they won't care about it as much as you do and nor should they it's not their business they didn't build it from the ground up it's they're not their it's not their responsibility to care about it as much as you do 
So I was very scared to do that, especially uh, for a number of reasons, not least of which being when you do something one way and you build something up one way, it's oftentimes very difficult to think changing something could still bring great results. Uh, but for a long period of time, I was driving myself into the ground. I was, and I, I, I've been public about this before, but there were, there were several years in which not a single week went by in which I didn't pull at least one to two all-nighters every week so that I could answer my emails and clear my inbox. I mean, I would, I would clear my inbox and I'd wake up the next day and have 700 emails. And, uh, and I was very resistant to letting anybody else answer my emails because I had, had a lot of pride in, in saying I answered all my emails. I've done that since 2011, since I started my, my business email in 2011. I answered all of them myself. But it got to a point where I wasn't sleeping like very little. And then after that, it got to a point where I wouldn't answer emails for weeks because after a certain point, like I would get anxiety about going into my inbox. And so I had to finally get an assistant and go through the training process and teach them how to answer emails. And through that training process, there were periods of times in which they did a very poor job answering emails. Uh, they were actually had one assistant who I unfortunately had to let go because they were doing not good things. And these are all learning processes that you go through as a leader and a business owner. Um, but now having been through more and more and more of it, and I have a wonderful assistant now. She's incredible. And I have a videographer, Rico. He's incredible. And I have a, a teammate who's a coach in the inner circle, Susan Niebergall. And my assistant's name is Kat. Like we, I have a team now and we've gone through, I had a, a previous videographer. It was not a good situation. So I had to let him go. And so through this process of getting more and more people on my team and trial and error and failure, I've been able to delegate and focus on really what I love doing, what I'm best at. But it's been a very, very difficult process, and I'm by no means an expert at it, but I've become more accustomed to and confident with the process and knowing it will not be streamlined, it will not be linear, but knowing that I can accomplish more and help more people with the help of others behind me. That's awesome. And I know... Uh, kind of how I've thought of this being in, in the position I am, there's only certain things that you, Jordan Syed of Syed Fitness can do, you know, only that only you can do because you are the, the businessman. It is your baby, like you said. And then there's other things where it doesn't necessarily have to be you doing them like video editing, answering emails. So it's really, I'm sure that that was liberating once you got to the point where you were able to kind of, you saw that your delegation, the folks who were doing taking care of those things could handle it. And I, I'm sure that just kind of relieved a hell of a lot of stress from you. Yeah, a huge amount of stress, an absolutely huge amount of stress and creative freedom for me to focus on the other things that I'm doing and um, and actually get sleep, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, no one has ever built a business overnight. No one's ever done it uh, without some sleepless nights. No one's ever done it easily. Uh, and I think this is the this is the process that's very difficult and very scary and tiresome and worrisome and exhausting about building a business. But again, the you get more and more confidence through. If I if I didn't push through the very uneasy and scary uh, process of hiring an assistant, then I wouldn't. My business wouldn't be anywhere near where it is. If I didn't go through the very uneasy and scary process of hiring a videographer, it wouldn't be where it is. If I didn't go through the very uneasy and scary process of hiring a co-coach, it my business wouldn't be where it is. It's like every single time I've been faced with one of these situations, it's always been scary. It would be much easier for me to say, no, 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 I'll do it myself. 
But because I pushed through it and it was, even though it was harder, I'm much more grateful and have much more, uh, much more opportunity to help people as a result. At what point did you have that revelation that like, I have to get help for some of this stuff? Like where, like what year was that? And like, kind of walk me through the decision process that you made. Obviously you weren't sleeping, which is not good. I'm sure that's a big red flag. (laughs) So there have been a number of different situations throughout the years with all of this. There have been a number of different revelations with each individual, actually. I mean, so for example, I remember when I first took on the assistant that I have now, Kat, who's just remarkable. I barely let her do anything. I was like, yeah, yeah, you'll be my assistant. And I hired her and it was great. But like, I still did all of the work. And we had a number of conversations in which she was like, I feel like she's so smart. She's very, very sweet. And she's very good with how she's like, I feel like I could be doing more. And I was like, well, what would you like to do? She's like, I feel like I could do more emails for you. And I would be like, yeah, but honestly, like I I feel more comfortable if I answer them. Uh, And eventually it got to a point where, where I was like, okay, I can't be doing this you can answer these specific emails. Like there were certain types of emails she could answer. And actually before that, it started off with her clearing out like spam. So she would go in and clean it up. So just so like, I wouldn't have to see the spam in there. And then, then there were certain types of emails, but even then I would, I would uh, see, I would go in, she would have to email, she would text me the response that she was going to send before she sent it. And I was clearly micromanaging and super worried, but like, this is the process. And I just want to be honest with you because I don't see any point in lying and and giving a fake story. So I was micromanaging and being very like looking at all of it. And I was like, okay, that's great. All right. You got to be a little bit nicer here or whatever it is. And then over time, uh, she eventually became, she answered all of my emails except from, uh, coaching clients. I didn't want anyone answering coaching client emails. So she answered all the support emails from people reaching out and people with random questions, but I only answered my client emails, which I think is just the right thing to do. And I remember after in July, June or July, it was July of 2017, I called her from a parking lot. Uh, and I said, I, it just got to a point where I was like, cat you cannot allow me to take on any more one-on-one coaching clients because the, the, even though I love one-on-one coaching and, and it's, it's what built my business from the ground up, it's the foundation of my business, I, my goals changed to building my membership, my inner circle. And, uh, and that's more of a low-cost monthly option. And I, the, the one-on-one emails, the daily check-ins, the long emails, the individual program design, I love it and it's great, but it, you're limited to how many people you can help and it takes a lot of individual time and attention. It was taking me like at least eight to 12 hours a day just to do emails for the one-on-one clients. So I was like, you cannot allow me to take on any more one-on-ones. So she began to filter out those requests and we came up with a system for that. Uh, but I remember that one vividly because I had started the inner circle in December of 2015 and there was slow steady growth from December 2015 until July 2017 but when I stopped taking on one-on-one clients and started solely focusing on the inner circle in July of 2017 there was exponential growth and uh, it was very cool to watch that very scary very very worrisome because I was basically not immediately abandoning but because uh, I still was working with one-on-ones, but I was no longer accepting new ones. It was a very scary thought process to stop accepting the thing that built my business from the ground up. Uh, so that was a, a very big and important conversation that I had in my career and one that I'm super happy that we had. And I think if, without it, we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are. 
for uh, now for your video editing up to what point were you doing that until you hired your first videographer and then eventually Rico? So I was doing that. I hired my first videographer in September of 20. What was that? September of 2018. Um, and basically the number one concern was hiring a videographer is, uh, it's expensive. It's very, it's a it's a, it's a full-time salary when I'm already paying an assistant and I'm paying a co-coach and I also support my mother and, and everything else, student loans, all this stuff. Uh, it's super scary to be like, all right, I'm going to take on a full-time employee with a full-time salary, not to mention, um, just you're responsible for another individual. But I realized that the amount of content that I could make and the amount of people that I could reach through having the help of a full-time videographer was just leaps and bounds greater than what I was doing right now, what I was doing at that point. So uh, I, I remember I put out a tweet asking like if anybody uh, knows any videographers who'd like to work with me. And I got a basically an immediate response and a, and a very, very talented young man reached out, a tremendous videographer. Uh, and he ended up, I, I said that I wanted someone who already lived in New York City because I didn't want someone to move their life across the world or the country uh, if it wasn't going to be a good fit. But he actually, he lived in Los Angeles and uh, he was like, I don't care. Like, I will do this. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And I was like, all right. So what we'll do is we'll have a three-month uh, trial period to see if we're a good fit. And if it works, then great. And if it doesn't work, then totally fine. And at the beginning, it was amazing. It was really, really good. We jived really well. And again, this this young man is a unbelievably talented videographer. But there was a huge disconnect in regard to what was expected in terms of uh, consistency and and sh not only showing up late, but oftentimes just not responding for days at a time or not showing up to days in which we were supposed to film and uh, taking two weeks off to hang out with his girlfriend. It was not a good fit. So after the three months, we we're like, hey, this is going to be it. And I remember when I hired the first one, literally hours after I hired the first one, Rico emailed me saying, hey, like I want to do this. I'm like, hey, I'm really sorry. I already hired someone else, but stay in touch. And literally, I hung up the phone because I was traveling when uh, when I when I had to sort of part ways with the first one. So we had a phone conversation, and it was very amicable. Uh, and literally hung up with him, and immediately called Rico. Or I texted Rico. I was like, "Hey, do you still want to do this?" And we get on the phone immediately within a minute of hanging up with the other one. And Rico's like, "Absolutely, let's do it." He was living in Chicago at the time. I was like, "When do you want? When can you come?" He was like, "Immediately." So he immediately moved from Chicago to New York. And this was in January of 2019. Now it's it's April of 2020. We've aside from the this pandemic, we've seen each other basically every single day for the better part of the last year and several months, and it's just been an amazing fit. No, that's awesome, and the power of delegation is so great. And with Rico on board, I mean, this the the stuff you're able to, the content you're able to crank out and and get your message out to that many more people is just phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. As we're wrapping up here, where can the listeners find more about what you're doing? Kind of what what can you help them with? And kind of what do you want them to know about you, man? Well, I mean, I'll help you with whatever I can. Uh, and I will and I won't help you with whatever I can't. If, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh, right now with this pandemic, I, I've gotten a lot of questions about the coronavirus and my thoughts on it. And, and I, I've made it very clear. I'm a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. 
I love deadlifting. I'm good at deadlifting. I like helping people get stronger. I like helping people get healthier, develop a good relationship with food. And I understand that the science of strength training and nutrition and also sort of the science of building a business on a pretty deep level. But just because I speak in science terms and physiology about uh, health and fitness does not make me a coronavirus or, or viral infectious or a, or a viral disease expert at all. And uh, if you ask me something that I don't know the answer to, I'll be very quick to say I have no fucking clue, but I'm going to try and find someone who does. And uh, I mean, if I can help with your fitness, amazing. If I can help with your nutrition, amazing. If I can help with your business, incredible. If I can be a good friend and listen to you and, and help in whatever way, whatever capacity possible, amazing. Uh, so if you want to follow me on Instagram or YouTube or my own podcast, you can Google search my name, Jordan Syatt, S-Y-A-T-T, and a whole bunch will come up. But otherwise, uh, I, I wouldn't pay for anything from me at all. I would first look at my free content, decide if you like it, and then we can discuss options from there. Awesome. And just kind of as we were chatting before the show, both my, my wife and I are huge fans of the stuff you put out, all the absolutely free YouTube content. Your Instagram posts are freaking awesome, man. So guys, if you're listening to this and you maybe want to start getting in shape or you're kind of going stir crazy in your house, check out Jordan, a whole a hell of a lot of good stuff you can do. If you don't have weights, there's body weight workouts on there, absolutely free on this platform. So Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show tonight, man. Huge, huge honor getting you on the show. And, uh, you know, just again, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Thank you for having me, man. This is a, this is an honor. It was a blessing. And again, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. Let's stay in touch. Yep. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Get Heard podcast. And you know, if you like what you're hearing and want to learn more about it, please go on to my brand new website, totally redesigned, talkinglama.com for my company, Talking Llama Media. A whole bunch of great resources on there, people that you can connect with, and of course, a bunch of different ways that we can help you get your voice heard and get your message out there to the world. So talkinglamba.com. And again, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode.